Can you imagine if we were more obedient? If we took God at His word? There is a reason to believe God. There is a reason to our faith. You could be poor in the eyes of man and yet rich in the eyes of God. Joy and satisfaction comes by knowing your purpose in life. Shalom and welcome back to this week's program, Kingdom Insight. Wherever you are watching us, you may be watching us through All Nations TV, the Holy Spirit Broadcasting Network, uh, TV3, uh, ZNBC there in Africa, or Omega Channel in South Africa. We are here to bring you the Word of God, the Word that brings a motivation, the Word that brings a transformation. And today, I bring you this powerful Word with a guest, a special guest, so dear to my heart. Uh, as we look at uh, the topic, the importance of uh, evangelism. Why do we go into the nations? Why is it important for us to win souls? What is the impact of evangelism around the world? My special guest on this program this week has traveled around the world. I've had uh, the privilege and honor to travel with him to so many other African countries. I think couple African countries and uh, the Lord has, has done tremendous, has done powerful, powerful things. And I want to introduce to you my special guest. Now, this special guest is uh, totally a powerful evangelist. Uh, is a man of God in the city here in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, working with a city center uh, a church. Uh, he has traveled to so many countries. Uh, he has seen God uh, done so many powerful, powerful things. And he started, you know, uh, reaching out to the nations when he was very young. His name is uh, Evangelist uh, uh, Brad Mayer, man of God. Welcome to the program. Good to be here with you. Amen. And. Uh, it's, this is good because uh, we just came back from uh, Kenya and uh, Zambia. Mm -hmm. We had a powerful time there. And the Lord did some tremendous stuff there. He did. We reached many people there. Amen. Now, you go into so many other different churches teaching about evangelism, the importance of it, and there, is a, there are quotes that I love to hear from you most of the times that an evangelist is like the feet mm -hmm. that goes. I know obviously at some point we're going to hear that now. I want you to just dive into this. The, uh, the audience, the people around the world, they are waiting. They want to hear the importance of evangelism. Go right ahead and give us the teaching. If we don't uh, carry the gospel, who does? That's, I think, the most important thing we should start with because uh, there are so many people that, uh, that basically don't bother with evangelism. Many churches, they will hire a youth pastor, they will hire a music pastor, they will hire an associate pastor, but a lot of times evangelism gets pushed to the side. And it's like a body is amputating its feet. Uh, you know, the Bible says how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And uh, I believe the evangelist is like the feet in the body. And God gives evangelists uh, not just to go do all the work themselves, but evangelists are like any of the gifts. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, those gifts are given to equip the saints so they can do. And so after many, many years of doing the works of evangelism in my local church, two local churches here in the city, we planted an inner city church from another larger church that I was a part of for many years. Uh, the, the mission for me now is equipping. I really believe in equipping the believer to reach the lost. And so many believers don't feel they can do it. They don't, they don't feel like they have what it takes to, to share Christ with other people. And yet, 
You have that seed on the inside of you. You have that life of Jesus Christ on the inside of you. And if he comes on the inside of your life, you have something that the world, that, that somebody who's lost, that that person doesn't have. And so you have something. And uh, I'd like to share a story from the Old Testament that actually really illustrates this point very well. It's a story of a, a woman uh, that was with the prophet Elisha. And her son had, uh, uh, her, first of all, her husband had died. And then uh, she feared that uh, debtors were coming, creditors were coming to take her children. And so Elisha then asked her, he said, what can I do for you? And she said, uh, he asked a question. He said, tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, uh, your servant has nothing except for a jar of oil. And this is the position so many Christians take. They, they have this idea that they have nothing that they have nothing at all. And so the man of God, uh, the prophet Elisha, he said, go and borrow empty containers from everyone, from all your neighbors. Don't just get a few. Uh, this is from 2 Kings 4. Uh, and then he said, go in and shut the door behind you and your sons and pour oil into all these containers and set the full ones to one side. So she left. And uh, after she shut the door behind her and her sons, she kept bringing these empty containers and she kept pouring. And when they're full, she said to her son, bring me another container. Uh, but he replied, there aren't any more. And then the oil stopped. Uh, and so she went and told the man of God, go sell the oil and pay your debt and your sons can live on the, on, on the rest. And so she got a miracle by just this little bit of oil that she had. But it's telling what she, uh, what she said and what she was asked. She was asked by the man of God, what do you have in the house? Her answer starts out with, your servant has nothing. And that's how so many people feel. They feel like, I have nothing. But you know, we always have something. Amen. We always have something. And, and, and I liken this question of Elisha to the question that Moses was asked. Uh, God asked Moses. Uh, he was afraid, and God asked him to lead the children of Israel. Uh, and uh, he was afraid that he couldn't do it. And so God said, what do you have in your hand? And he had a rod in his hand. God said, throw that rod down. So he threw that rod down on the ground. And when he threw that rod down on the ground, it turned into a snake. It was a supernatural act of God. He took the tail of that snake, picked it up, and turned back into a rod. He said, by this, people will know that I'm with you, that I'm working with you. Yes. And uh, in the same situation, she was asked, what do you have in the house? What do you have in the house? Well, she says, I, ha I have nothing. She said, I have nothing except a jar of oil. See, she had something. She had something. Whenever you say that you have nothing except, that means somewhere you have something. Yes. Uh, and, uh, and sometimes we don't think we have what it takes for God to move in our lives. And we focus on the nothing instead of focusing on the something. You know, we always have something. That woman had something. If you have breath in your lungs, you have something. Yes. If you have a beating heart, you have something. If you have a dream inside your heart, you have something. Yes. Uh, if you have a passion in your soul, you have something. And so many people say, maybe you're sitting at home and you think, uh, I, I really don't know. I, I'm, so, I'm so afraid. I, I don't have boldness. I don't have courage like an evangelist. I, I don't know if I could share my faith with someone. You have something. You know, I, I heard a story about a woman I met uh, two years ago. And she has cystic fibrosis. She has a problem with her lungs. And she just was scheduled to have a double lung transplant, just two provinces away from us here in Canada. And she is a soul winner. Yeah. She is a soul winner.
So she's coughing so much. She's almost at this point. It's a very, very serious surgery to have a double lung transplant. Yeah. And so she drove into Vancouver to, uh, to get this lung transplant. And along the way, they were documenting her trip with uh, cell phones and cameras and such. She's sharing Christ with the ambulance driver. She's sharing Christ wow. with the doctors who are about wow. to, about to uh, you know, perform surgery on her. It turns out there was a problem with the lungs and she wasn't able to have that surgery. So I pray for her as well. Uh, again, and I pray that she will uh, be well. But I think of her when I think of somebody who has nothing. Yes. Or, or maybe feel like she would have a perfect excuse to feel sorry for yes. herself and not share her faith. And yet in the midst of her need, in the midst of her difficult situation, wow. Wow. she's sharing Christ everywhere she goes. We have something. We might have a little but we don't have nothing. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and when we give God a little bit of something, we're giving him something to work with. Mm -hmm. If we're holding on to everything we have, and that's why I think sometimes we need to look at our lives mm -hmm. and see what gifts are in your life. Yes. What are you good at? Are you good at writing? Are you good at singing? Are you good at athletics? Are you good at business? Mm -hmm. You know, And take those very things that God designed you to be good at and use those things for the sake of his kingdom. Amen. Because when we take what we have, even if it's just a little bit, God can multiply what we have. Yes. I think you've all learned when you go to school and you learn in mathematics class, you learn that anything multiplied by nothing is nothing. nothing. Yes. And so you take 10 million times nothing is yeah, nothing. nothing. But even if you take a little fraction of something, because yes. some people might feel like, oh, my gifts are not developed. My strengths are not uh, there. You know, I don't have very much. I was preaching in Colombia and uh, I had this word come inside my heart. And this word was uh, a word that I, I just didn't think it fit in the middle of this service. And I was calling people to come forward in regards to the gifts that were in their lives. Mm -hmm. And I had this word dropped in my heart and the word was puppets. And I, I, I felt, I don't want to share this word puppets. It seems so strange, yeah. uh, but it's so strong inside my heart. Mm -hmm. And I said, is there someone here, someone here who works with puppets, with puppets? And uh, there was a lady in the back far corner, very large church. And I went over to her and uh, I said, you work with puppets through the interpreter. She was a Spanish speaking uh, woman. She was a school teacher. She put her hand up. She says, yes, I work with puppets. I took her hand and when I took her hand, I have never felt the power of God so strong as, as anyone I've met in my whole entire life. And she was crying and I was crying. And I remember just praying with her and just encouraging her that you have an anointing on your life, that God could use these puppets, that God could use a business person. He could use somebody who maybe uh, is going for surgery. He can use whatever you have in your life and I think the problem we have sometimes is not that we have nothing mm -hmm. it's what are we doing with what we have yes what are we doing with what we have uh, most of you will remember uh, the well-known story that Jesus shared the parable of the talents yes. where one man was given five and he took that five and he turned it into ten and another one had two and he took his two and he turned it into four and another one had one and that one went and buried what he had in the ground mm -hmm. He buried what God gave him into the ground. Uh, and this is what we do yes. when we're dead. When we're dead, we, are, you know, we get put in a box and we get put in the ground. Mm -hmm. And I fear that there are many people who will take the gifts that God has placed inside their lives and they will go to the grave with their gifts, not having used them, not having allowed God to, uh, the opportunity to multiply those very things that God put inside their lives. Yes. Because they walk around with this mistaken belief, mm -hmm. I have nothing. No. no, 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 you have something. Yes. You have something. 
You have a word of encouragement. Mm -hmm. You have something in your life. You know that man who went and buried the one that he had in, in the ground? He, he didn't believe some, he believed something very mistaken about his master. He said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man. Mm -hmm. you, 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 you reap where you haven't sown. You gather where you haven't scattered seed. That's not Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus is not a hard man. He doesn't reap where he hasn't sown. He doesn't gather where he hasn't scattered seed. If you do that, you're a thief. Yeah. Jesus is not a thief. There's a thief who comes to steal and kill and destroy. Yes. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And so he wants to multiply what he places on the inside of us. If we believe our master's a thief and that we give something into his hands, then he'll just take it from us. Yeah. We have a misunderstanding of yes. who he is. Yes. We're, we're, we're far better off if we believe that if I give what I have to God, and I'm not just talking about material things. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about joy. I'm talking about a gift. Yes. I'm talking about a talent, an ability, uh, 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 money, time. It could be anything that God has placed in your hands. When you put that into the hands of God, God is able to multiply that. So I asked the question that Elisha asked that woman. What do you have in your house? What do you have in your life? Uh, uh, she, she presented this woman, this woman presented Elisha this jar of oil. And when we, she presented it to Elisha, now God has something to work with. Yes. He has something to work with. And so, uh, you know, uh, I, I think it's so powerful that he begins that miracle mm -hmm. when she presents something that she has. She thought she had nothing, but she had something. Yes. You know, the, the word from Elisha to, to the woman was, bring me an empty container. Mm. Bring me an empty container. So she, she went in and she shut the door behind her and she started to pour oil into those containers. Mm. And, and every time, she was so surprised, I'm sure, yes. because she poured out of that little jar or whatever little container of, uh, of oil that she started with mm. and she filled the first container. And then she pours some more and she filled the second container wow and she pours again and she feels and the more she's pouring amen the more she keeps being able to pour yes and when she runs out of empty containers that's when her jar runs hallelujah. out hallelujah do you know hallelujah. we will never run out of empty containers out in the world amen amen jesus told us at one point he told the story he said go out into the highways and hedges compel them to come in that my house may be filled so the people went out and they said, we, we went, and yet there's still room. He says, go find the sick and the lame and the blind and, and bring those ones in. There's more than enough hurting people in the world. And we don't need to ever stop thinking that uh, we could find empty containers. I want you to notice in this story that the oil stopped flowing when they stopped finding empty containers. Hallelujah. And so, you know, I, I, I love the way she's pouring mm. behind closed doors. Mm. Uh, to me, this is a picture of... Uh, the prayer closet. Um, Behind closed doors, we pray for the lost. Yes. We pray for those that are hurting. We pray for those that are broken. If you cross paths with someone and their, their life is filled with brokenness, pray for those people. Mm -hmm. You'll find that you have a very, very difficult time reaching out to those that you haven't prayed for. But if you pray for people, it's like pouring oil mm. into that situation. Now, you've said something here. Let me come in just quickly. Mm -hmm. You've said, uh, they only time the oil stopped was when she didn't have enough jars. She had no more containers left. But as long as she had the containers, mm -hmm. those containers were being filled. Yes. So in another way, we are not seeing souls come into the kingdom of God, souls come to the Lord Jesus Christ, because we, the people, have stopped going to bring in these souls. Mm -hmm. God can bring as many as he can. Yes. 
Wow, that's, yes. a, that's a very and we need important to keep going. point. We need to keep going. We can't just stop because, you know, we think that there's not very many people. Uh, if we ever think we have run out of people to go to, we can go to the streets. We can Amen. go to the nations. Amen. There's so many in so many nations of the world. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes we're so fortunate in Canada, U.S., uh, the Western world, mm -hmm. because we see a church on every corner. Sometimes we see people every, even in, even in Africa, so many churches sometimes. Mm -hmm. And yet there's still people who are lost. Still people who are broken. Still people who are hurting. Mm -hmm. uh, and and uh, miracles can take place as we begin to pour out Amen. into empty containers. And you never know. Mm -hmm who God is going to use to impact many, many people. Yes. Uh, Dr. Kazumba was asking me uh, about this story. Uh, I, was, I was sharing Christ in uh, Indonesia in 2011, and uh, I was near the end of a service, and I felt I should pray for children, for those that were under 12 years of age. And so we invited uh, those that were in the church service that night uh, to come forward, and we prayed for children. We never saw uh, lightning bolts from heaven. We never saw anything spectacular take place at that moment as we prayed. We just out of obedience prayed for all of those children that were there. Mm -hmm. At the end of that time I, I went back home and uh, two years later I returned to that nation. So in 2013 I was back in that same area of Papua, Indonesia and uh, a female pastor, a lady pastor came up to me and she said I want to thank you for what you did when you prayed for those children two years ago. And I said, oh, you're welcome. She goes, oh, no, 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 you don't understand. Let me tell you what took place. Mm. She said, you prayed for an 11-year-old girl. And after she left that meeting, she had a powerful vision of wow. Jesus. Wow. She saw Jesus, Jesus took her into heaven. He took her into hell. Wow. He showed her things that she should not have known. She didn't know from her own studies of the Bible. She didn't know these things. And so she began to share her experiences of what she saw. And it would line up just like what you'd see maybe in the book of Revelation. Wow. Wow. And, and, and so this young girl, she, they brought her into her church. And she shared her story of what she's seen in her church. And... Uh, people started to run to the front of the church wow. to get their lives right with God, mm. all because of the story of this vision of an 11-year-old girl. Mm. This 11-year-old girl, uh, they took her to another church in another city in Indonesia, mm. and she shared her story again. Again, the same kinds of results. People giving their lives to Christ, people turning their hearts over to God. Mm. Uh, and so they took her to another city, and another, and another. And so when I come back in 2013, they had taken this young girl, who was 11 years old at the time that God gave her this vision, they had taken her into 12 different cities in Indonesia, wow. and 4,800 people wow. had been water baptized through the through the story, through the sh sharing of an 11-year-old girl. Wow. Don't think you have nothing. Hallelujah. You have something. Hallelujah. You have something to give. E even in my own city. Mm. In my own city, I was, I was sharing Christ on the streets one time. Uh, and, uh, and a man was out on the street and his eye was crooked. Mm. And his eye is looking, one eye is looking straight at me and his other eye is looking over here. Mm. And I'm, just not, I'm not even telling him that Jesus could heal his eye. I'm telling him that Jesus wants to save him, wow. that he wants to rescue him from his sins. Mm. And while I'm telling him this story, his crooked eye straightens out right in front of me. Wow. And, and, uh, wow, I, that's the, the power of God right there. The man's name was Scott. And I said, hey, Scott, mm. I think Jesus just healed your crooked eye. Mm. And he looks, he turns around and he looks at his reflection in the store window. We were out on 20th Street here in Saskatoon wow. in Canada. And he looks at his reflection in the store window and he jumps back. Wow. And he's shocked because for the first time in six and a half years, Praise he's God. looking straight on with two eyes. And not only was his eye crooked, his eye was blind. Mm. 
And so the friend that was with me that night, a First Nations gentleman that was uh, sharing Christ with me, he had him cover his good eye and he was holding up two fingers, three fingers, four fingers. Wow. And he could see out of that eye Wow! for the first time in six years. He had been in a fight. He was a, a man who had done some time in prison. And he had been in a fight and he was punched in the head. Wow. And for six and a half years, he was blind. Wow. But upon hearing the gospel mm. from someone who was willing to come out of their comfort zone yeah. and go out into a place where... The lost people are. Uh -huh. I think that's sometimes where we miss it. Amen. We congregate Amen. in our churches, and yeah. nothing wrong with that. That's yes. all good. We need to. Yes. But we also need to go out. Amen. And going out into the world. Going out into the world. Now, man of God, I know there are people, you've mentioned a few things, mm -hmm. they feel inadequate mm -hmm. to go out there. They feel they don't have the power. They don't have the ability to do that. If you were to speak into the life of these souls that are watching mm -hmm. who are sitting on the dynamite power of their gift mm -hmm. that God has given them yes. even though they haven't tapped into it yes, yes, yes. what is the word that you'd encourage them as you wind Hallelujah. up the program I don't put God in a box Mm. I think sometimes we do. I think sometimes we think that if you're not doing a big crusade mm. with a platform and mm. musicians yeah. and you're preaching the gospel, maybe like Reinhard Bonnke mm. or Billy Graham, that somehow you don't have what it takes to share Christ and to evangelize. Mm. I don't believe that these are the only types of ways yeah. that people will be reached in the world. Yes. God needs as many soul winners as he can obtain Amen. to go out into the world and find him another container. Amen. Amen. And you have something. Mm. You have something. I, ask, I, I would say this. Pray and ask God, God, what is my gift? Mm. What is my ability? Yeah. What is the way that I could reach souls? Uh -huh. I can think of so many different ways. I yeah. preached in a church not long ago mm. that uh, this church made it their, their target audience mm. was, was people who drive race cars. Wow. And their city had a speedway. Mm -hmm. And so they said, let's take our church. Mm -hmm. And they had mechanics in their church. They had people who loved to race. They had mm -hmm. people who had motorcycles. Mm -hmm. And they said, let's take this method and let's make the speedway. Let's make it a harvest field. Amen. And so, you know, they began to reach out. They began mm -hmm. to pray for the drivers. Mm -hmm. they, one of the men in the church became the chaplain wow. of that raceway. Wow. You know, there's so many ways that God can use you. So don't put God in a box mm -hmm. thinking that he could only use you Maybe if you're on a crusade platform uh -huh. somewhere, preaching to thousands mm -hmm. of people. No, what about the one? Yes. What about the precious one mm -hmm. that God could use you to reach? Yes. And so that's something that's so powerful. Uh, you know, um, we had a word in our church years ago. And the word was, if you go after the ones that nobody wants, mm -hmm. I'll give you the people that everybody wants. Amen. Amen. And I remember the people in church that day. They were rejoicing in the church. Thank you, Jesus. They were thinking... Okay, if we go after the ones no one wants, God will give us doctors yeah. and lawyers and mm. politicians and business people, and he'll make our church grow in this mm. way. We went after the ones that no one wanted. We went and planted a church in the most difficult part of yes. our city. Mm. We planted a church where people are, uh, are, are addicted to drugs. There's much prostitution. There's much gang mm -hmm. uh, warfare. There's crime. And we planted a church there, and we reached out to people mm. that maybe the world wouldn't have wanted. Yeah. We found out something after years of doing this. Mm. We found out that the people that nobody wanted mm. and the people that everybody wanted, mm. these are the same people. Amen. That Amen. God can take that person that no one wants mm -hmm. and turn him into that person that everybody wants. Yeah. He did, he's done this for drug addicts. Mm -hmm. He's transformed them, given them a life yeah. that is so much different. And, and that, em that once empty container yeah. became a full container. Full container. And wow. they were able to go and reach out themselves. Wow. And wow. so uh, 
uh, I think that's such a powerful uh, a picture mm -hmm. that God wants to take even the most broken of people. Amen. And so if that's your past, you've come mm -hmm. out of some very difficult background, mm -hmm. even God wants to use you. Amen. He wants to use those things you've been through. Yes. I preach in the jails here in my city, mm -hmm. and all the time I will tell the men who are serving time in prison that God wants to use even the difficult things that you've went through. Amen. Amen. Not that he put you in prison. Yes. Not that he brought no. you those difficult no. things. But that he wants to use you mm -hmm. to reach people and those difficult things, maybe one day to keep someone else out. Amen. 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 Wow. Praise God. I, I've, I've enjoyed this program because, uh, you know, you look at uh, so many people, we limit what God can do with us. Mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, we limit what God wants to do with uh, the ministry or the gift of evangelism, uh, how we can come together. You have a gift in your life. God has uh, put something in your life to reach the lost. You don't have to do it, the crusades, uh, thousands of people, just where you are, at the store, at the the shop you say if you are there watching you are an evangelist you've got a gift to reach out to people God has put something in you and you say I don't have I don't feel like I have the power I want to read the book uh, Acts chapter 1 verse 8 here it says, uh, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. It is the Holy Spirit that gives us the power and the ability and the anointing to win souls. And Max in verse 15, then he said to them, go all into the world, into the world and preach the gospel to all creation. God is going to back you up. God is going to give you the power and the ability to use your gift. All you need is to respond by being obedient. You, as an evangelist, I encourage you. As the evangelist, you, you are sharing here, the man who has given himself to go into all these nations. He leaves his comfort zone to go and share the gospel. Even here in Canada, he's sharing the gospel to so many people that everybody going to turn their eye away. Use your gift to bring people to the kingdom of God, to motivate them, to inspire them, to instill the love of God, the grace of God, the power and the life that Jesus wants to do in our lives. Now you are there, you say, man of God, I've got a gift I haven't used. I pray that you begin to ignite the fire of God in within you and begin to use your gift. Don't worry about what people will think. Step out and do what God wants you to do. As long as you are obedient, you are respectful to, the, to those who are in authority in your life, over your life, God is going to use you mightily. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. We want to hear from you. Write to us at life at kazumbachows.com and we want to hear your testimony. We want to pray with you and to stand with you as you step out to share the gospel. May God bless you. Shalom. Shalom. You are watching Kingdom Insight. I'm Evangelist Brad Mayer with Canadian Fire Missions. I travel to many nations around the world and reach out even in my own hometown uh, with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. His gospel is powerful. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. There's nothing as powerful as the Word of God. So devote your time, devote your heart to the Word of God. As you hear and receive teaching from the Word of God on this program, take it to heart. God's giving you something that you can actually go and take it to someone else. You can share the gospel to somebody who maybe doesn't have this opportunity to watch and receive. So receive from the Word of God. God has something that He's putting inside of you because He wants you to put that inside of someone else. 
God bless you. Hello, friends around the world. Thank you uh, for all your support, your prayers. This is uh, Dr. Kazumba Charles and my wife, Glory Kazumba. Uh, we have purposed in our heart to be a blessing to many people. We have the books that we want to send to you and to your household. We want to send to you the weapon of forgiveness, revisiting the foundation, and uh, the parables of the kingdom of God. Write to us live at kazumbachows.com and live at kazumbachows.com if you have uh, any prayer requests glory and i will be able and will be glad to pray for you and to pray with you and to believe god to do the miraculous in your life please write to us and we want to send you those materials just say hello to the people hello people glorious shalom bye-bye